Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Series on RadioLamont.com. Woken this morning at half five by the rain drumming on the, my hotel bedroom window and uh, looking at the track at the moment. The sun is out, but the track is definitely declared a wet track. And the drivers this morning, as you said, only a 20 minute qualifying session. They have got to stay off the curb. Someone could really stuff it up if they go over the curbs. Curbs hold a lot of water. You can see in the pit lane. Uh, the track is wet. Down, looking the long view as we can down Leicester Hill's main straight. It looks relatively dry, but uh, trust, trust me, it will become drier once the cars start sucking the water out and establishing the quickest line around the circuit. But in compa comparison to yesterday, when we had winds at up to 45 kilometres an hour, and there was uh, lots of tree damage nearby, Citra, I believe was. a couple of tourists, unfortunately, were, were killed uh, by falling debris, and that's just over the hill. But today, at least we can see the hill behind the circuit, because... Uh, the weather was very, very tricky yesterday. This morning, we don't know what we're getting later in today. There is talk of uh, rain arriving about 2 o'clock. But right now, let's focus on the qualifying. We've got two teams that uh, can go for title honours in the GTC class. But in, we've got six title challenges in the GTE. So plenty to fight for. And uh, the first point up for grabs is the one for pole position. So one point up for pole in GTE and one for GTC and uh, the clock is about to beat around to nine o'clock and then they will go out onto the circuit but I think we're going to see a few spins early on I'm afraid Johnny very interesting to see how one or two teams have juggled the driver lineup as well and brought in some key players from the World Endurance Championship because to finish second in GTE uh, you get a place at Le Mans and that's what so many teams are trying to go for uh, far from decided as you say for the uh, lead as far as the championship is concerned yes it's a, a fairly chunky lead uh, that formula racing have coming into this event but it is catchable and uh, certainly to finish in those top two spots will be very hotly contested indeed i mean in, i'm intrigued by james collado coming on board the number 66 jmw motorsport uh, squad rob smith the bronze driver rory butcher the silver driver but collado with massive pedigree platinum driver from his world endurance uh, championship experience. This great long line of Ferraris from AF Corsa though, ready to be deployed into the pit lane. Quite a tight turning circle required here for the 62 to get around the 55. And of course James has been brought in not just for his speed but also he has a, a Portuguese uh, lineage and his grandfather I understand comes from just around the hillside here at Estoril so bringing it home. So great to have him coming on board uh, this weekend in GTE. We also have uh, a new Aston Martin to the championship uh, Entered by Aston Martin Racing, but effectively by Beach Dean. British GT champions Andrew Howard Johnny Adam being joined by Alex McDowell, another driver stepping across from the WEC. Uh, the second of the Aston Martins that are new uh, to the championship is in GTC. It's TF Sport. It's uh, Sally Yolup, the tur Turkish driver, Ewan Hankey, and another WEC Aston Martin driver, Richie Stanaway. So look for them to go well. Also, while talking matters, uh, GT, a couple of balance of performance changes. And there is the... Uh, TF Sport car looking fantastic Looks Johnny great, in the blue and yellow. Car. Yeah really good um, I'm used to those guys running a couple of cars in the British GT Championship but I haven't seen that paint scheme utilised in the UK as the session is live 10 seconds old already so great long line of Ferraris bursts its way down the pit lane to join the track. There's a mixture here of GTE and GTC cars and 
unsurprisingly, we get the graphic at the bottom of the screen declaring this a wet track, and you can see the amount of spray that these drivers are going to have to contend with, at least in the early part of the session. Yeah, well, the sun is shining and the temperature is rising, so hopefully it will dry out. But as you can see, a lot of water being shifted. Uh, just touching on um, Porsches and Aston Martins, very handily, both of them in the shot just then. Porsches, after the latest balance of performance changes, have had their curb weight increased by 20 kilos uh, in GTE to 12.55 kilos. So that will affect uh, the Gulf Racing UK entry and the Proton Competition entry. And also in GTE, the Aston Martins have been given an increased one extra 1.3 mils in their fuel rig restrictor yep. um, and a larger fuel tank. So By 20 litres. 20 litres, up to 110 litres. So we'll see how that pans out. It won't make any effect at all right now, clearly, be qualified. For the Porsches, that little bit of curb weight, yes, it will make, it, make a difference to them. But uh, let's see how it unfolds. But I think these early laps are just simply going to be, there is the James Collado car, shared with Rory uh, Rob Smith and Rory Butcher. Looks great in the morning in Senna. Long, long, long corner taken in fourth, turning into fifth gear in a prototype. And you can just see how much spray there is as they come round to complete their first, well, it's the outlap. Yeah, the tarmac not quite breaking up in places, but it is very warm uh, in certain areas. You can see a definite line as well between the lanes of where the asphalt's been laid down. And so tyre wear through the race, we understand, is going to be very interesting to monitor. Some teams will be able to work their tyres rather better than others which again will add to the unpredictable nature of this final event of the season. The TDS BMW thinking about getting by the Ferrari there, but needed to play that relatively carefully. You do not want contact in qualifying because, of course, qualifying and the race happen on the same day in the European Le Mans series. Uh, that's the last time last weekend I'll be able to say that because we are heading to 2016. It will be quali on a Saturday and the race on the Sunday, elongating the weekend to, well, two and a half, three days pretty much with sessions to be held on Friday in 2016. Well, it's going to be a great, great change for the format. Car would have at the moment, the Ferrari there is the inside racing Ferrari leading the way in GTE and actually has a very handy lead, 19 points, or only 26 points up to play. But the fact is there are still five other teams that can challenge. Can I just go back to what we were talking about, the top two getting a place for the morning next year? Yes. Second place at the moment is the Mark VDS team, but Mark VDS are pulling out of four-wheeled motorsports, I'm afraid. Van der Straaten family has had enough and they're going to concentrate just on their MotoGP programs. So we're losing them. They're sitting in second place. And the AF Porter crew, Aaron Scott, Duncan Cameron and Matt Griffin are third at the moment. But they really need to just peg down that second place to be sure that they can uh, attain their goal, which is to get an entry for Le Mans next year. And arguably the 55 squad are due a title. Remember how close they were this time last year leading the championship I think through the whole year and then were picked at the post here in Estoril 12 months ago so the 55 car at least are due a top two position and mathematically they can still leapfrog Formula Racing it would need a quirky set of results I think it's fair to say and a lot of bad luck for the 60 crew but nevertheless they're in the fight well the silver Ferrari AF Corsa entry you can see in the background that's Francesco Castellacci Stuart Hall and uh, Thomas Floor, Thomas stepped down for one round, so really in, in championship position terms, it's really, we're looking at Castellacci and Hall who are second in GTC in the most easily identifiable Ferrari. In fact, in the background, the number 64 Ferrari, two Portuguese drivers on board, has, has got a sort of art car effect. Yeah, doing a fire, I hope not, on board. I think they've left it out in the street overnight and the <laughs> local graffiti artists have been around, but on board that this weekend we've got uh, Mads Rasmussen, the Danish driver, but joined by two of the three Portuguese drivers in the race. 
Felipe Barreros and Francisco Guedes. And the third of them is, of course, none other than Felipe Albuquerque, who's driving uh, for Jota Sport and been driving beautifully all year. So we'll come to the prototypes in a short while. But at the moment, for, for home pride, both Francisco, Francisco Guedes and Felipe Barreros, hoping the art car will go very well indeed. But alas, like most of the drivers yesterday, track time was so limited by the rain, the wind, uh, conditions were different on almost every lap, as was the visibility. Brief sight there of the Beach Dean Aston Martin, now entered by Aston Martin Racing, and that is a 2016 spec Vantage, it's at my understanding, chassis X2, and Beach Dean boss man, uh, Andrew Howard, who is here this weekend racing, has acquired that chassis from Aston Martin. I wasn't aware that Beach Dean had a GTE chassis, but he's obviously got that relatively recently to be able to run in the final round of the season, and it promises much for Beach Dean for 2016. Rumour rife that uh, Andrew Howard is interested in a full season campaign next year. A little bit of understeer there for the number 99 Aston, driven at the moment by Alex McDowell. Yes, uh, uh, British GT champions, of course, Johnny Adam and Andrew Howard, and we may well have seen Howard for the last time in British GT, looking to stretch his legs a little bit and head into Europe. Well, he's a very busy man, and a, a six-race six race format, just perfect for a very, very busy man, and of course, still with a, very much a toe in the water in uh, the British GT series. And really, this is, one of the, this is part of the essence of the European Le Mans series. This is what we want people feeding into on their steps up to the top keeping a watch on the uh, fastest laps and at the moment they're way down yesterday fastest so far Marco Ciocci the number 63 Ferrari 1 minute 52.9 and just to give you a guide the best was uh, best Ferrari yesterday was 1 minute 40.2 so 12 seconds fastest and that was the JM Motorsport Ferrari 66 car and there is 51 on screen Raffaele Giammaria doing very well indeed with Peter Mann and Matteo Cressoni through the course of the season so yes, despite the conditions being tricky, the margins at the top of the order very small indeed. 0.2 of a second, 0.4 of a second, back to third position. The uh, a further six hundredths of a second back to Castellacci. So GTC cars locking out the top four positions. Expect that to change before the end of the session. Well, we already have pit visitors. The uh, 77 Aston Martin is in the pits. That's the TF Sport car we saw right at the start of the programme, the dark blue one with the yellow. 55 on screen at the moment is Matt Griffin on board, the Irish driver. As you said, this time last year, Johnny, right at the front of the title battle in GTE, came away without it. And uh, this year, they're sitting in third place overall in the championship. They're just three points behind the Mark VDS BMW crew. And Alessandro Piergidi is the best of the uh, GTE class cars at the moment. And he shares that with uh, the Talkanitsa senior and junior combo. And they've, been, they've picked up a couple of poles this year all through. Uh, Piergini, but just haven't had the results. They're not in the championship running. They're sitting down, oh, way down, way down the championship order, down in sixth place. They, they, they actually can have. They're the last team that could have a tilt at the GTE title, but they will need the monsoon waves that were lapping the circuit yesterday to to come through and avoid them and hit everyone else. I'm afraid. JMW Motorsport. They were fastest yesterday and going very well this morning. James Collado on board. He's the new man in the team. He's the hot shot from the WEC, of course. Races for AF Corsa in the World Endurance Championship and had a, a fairly strong season last year and much, much better in 2015. James yeah. is really, really stepping up to the plate in the World Endurance Championship and uh, quite a change though. We did have lots of rain last weekend in Fuji and he's come over for slightly less rain 
I think yesterday there was just as much actually and poor visibility but uh, again he'll be batting a little bit with the jet lag that international racing drivers just have to contend with it's been interesting actually to watch James Gallardo's progress as he's moved from the single-seater mindset and maybe trying to get to Formula 1 to now well what could be a 20-30 year career in uh, the uh, GT element and possibly in the prototypes as well moving to the 88 Porsche though now Richard Leitz Austrian driver it was his home round uh, in Red Bull Ring, of course. We've been to Paul Ricard since then, and now Estoril for the final round. And the 88 Porsche is fourth fastest when you take the GTEs uh, into their own class. Uh, so Alessandro Piaghidi heading that class from James Gallardo, Raffaele Gianmaria, and then Richard Leeds ahead of Matt Griffin, who's just pitted, actually, the 55 cars. So there are only, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five cars in the GTE class that are out on track. Here's another one of those. The 52 machine, which is Andy Prio driving it. So this is the BMW that slotted its, its way into second position in the championship, kind of out of nowhere. They'd had a reasonably good season with well, three fourth places. And the second place that Paul Ricard just jumped them a whole load of spots into second place in the championship. But as we've said, this could be the last time we see a Team Mark VDS car as such great paint scheme and you can recognize it so so easily but well, what will be represented purely on bikes from this point on exactly so Johnny but what I am seeing is Andy Prio who, who's actually slowest of all at the moment this is not his outlap but he's running wide and he ran wide off the circuit there is much much less grip and it's the track is not drying it at the pace that we we all expected it to do uh, just to see a driver and his experience a lot of the drivers of course they do go right to the outside of the circuit when it's wet they're hoping that the banking the slight gradient will take the damp, the wet to the inside, but uh, Andy running out of track. You know, he kept it within the, the environ, but uh, it's very, very slippery, and lap times are not improving. In fact, as I say that, Richard Leeds does improve. He goes up to fourth overall, but looking at the Aston Martin, the 68 Aston Martin in GTC with Simon Moller, the car's owner, slipping and sliding around here, there is precious little traction, and still a lot of puddles. It's not just wet track. There are puddles out there as well. Best to be avoided, but uh, easier said than done, Johnny. Marco Ciocci driving the number 63 Ferrari for GTC heads the times but Marco currently sat in pit lane he's done a 152.950 and he is quickest by 53 thousandths of a second in front of championship leaders in GTC uh, TDS racing in their BMW Z4 front Pereira has done the time 153.003 but that car is also in pit lane as is Richie Stanaway the number 77 TF Sports Aston Martin, it's done a 153.180. So GTC cars first, second, and third. The first of the GTE cars. Now Richard Leitz, perhaps we shouldn't be surprised that the Austrians put in a really good time. 153.243, but still not quick enough to put it on top of the pile uh, as far as the GT class as a whole is concerned. Well, it's the waiting game. The, the track is going to be at its driest and its sweetest for a, a pole lap right at the end. But of course, what happens if you're sitting in the pit lane? You're going to get traffic. You're going to have someone who's a bit slower than you going out the Portuguese art car just reporting it and just moments before we saw Frank Pereira's 59 TDS racing BMW sitting at not a pit exit there the last last car in the queue of cars great shot looking down that effectively is our GTE and GTC class because all of them bar three yeah of that set are sitting in the pit lane well Alex McDowell has chosen to go back out in the 99 as has Alessandro Piaghidi in the 56 AT Racing Ferrari. Jan Maria rejoins the party in the number 51 Ferrari 458. And Franck Pereira's back on track as well in the 59 BMW. Prio has pitted. Um, 
you've also got the number 68 Aston back out again with Simon Muller at the wheel all Danish squad okay let's ride on board with uh, Frank Pereira in the TDS racing BMW Z4 from here you can see little drops of, of, of rain on the windscreen that's just spray from spray from the track the track doesn't look that bad but you can see the glistening surface as the low sun is hitting it now this is the kink back straight behind the paddock the paddock's on the right hand side taken absolutely flat out but uh, maybe a very slight lift when it's damped through that kink then downhill all the way to the parabolica which is you see the big puddling on the left hand side of the circuit front will come over to the right to take you want to really sweep through this effectively it's a double left hander yeah but the, ca the camber can just make you drift away and you've got to get on the power as soon as you can but today better to avoid that curb on the left you want a tightish exit but the curbs are where the water is really lying then down the drop Beached in, beached in Aston Martin looks great. I mean, their cars always look mm. brilliant, but uh, fabulous to have it in the championship. But uh, let's give them a couple of, couple more minutes to see where they can stop. We still have six, six minutes and 20 seconds remaining, but that clock is going to really come round very fast indeed for these drivers. And at the moment, we're still looking at uh, three GTC cars ahead of the best of the GTEs, which isn't the way it's supposed to be. No. Interesting. There's no Scooby-Doo on the side of that car. Often there are poor marks or a representation of the cartoon character on Beachsteen uh, cars from Aston Martin, but uh, they've realigned that. Maybe taking things a bit more seriously in the GTE car. Alex McDowell, almost you can see the expression on his face there through the uh, visor, looking very concentrated indeed at the wheel. More cars about to be waved off track. In fact, a whole load of them joining the session once again. Collado, Jamaria, Gedesh, we've mentioned, is out in the 64. Matt Griffin back out along with Mikkel Mack in the number 60 Ferrari Championship leaders in GTE and Adam Carroll in the number 86 Porsche. And the 63 car we see pulling out is the one with Marco Ciocci on board. That is fastest of all the GT cars at the moment. But let's see, I think this next couple of minutes will really let us know how much the track has improved while the drivers were sitting in the pit lane. But uh, I don't think it's improved as fast as a lot of them would have hoped it had. Here we are, riding with Brock Pereira down to turn three, the downhill right-hander that quickly becomes an uphill right-hander and again, using the curves trying to make the tight the widest line on the exit but then you have to you've got a couple of choices up here but in fact he doesn't have any choice at all he's run far wider than he wanted that just shows the level of understeer at the turn four hairpin and then down at the back straight he goes but that just shows how little grip there is out there Donald. although cut back again to take the apex on the exit in the corner i'm not sure whether that was deliberate or not from Pereira going certainly deeper than he would have liked to into that corner but really seesawing at the wheel again lots of corrective steering required which is going to wear the tyres further not really a concern in the qualifying session yes but you wouldn't be able to drive the race like that for fear of uh, the tyres really giving up the ghost well well before the time that they should do again looking very skittish into that right hander well, throwing just, the car into these corners. I'm just amazed, Johnny, how much spray we're still getting. I thought the first three or four laps, but I guess we had a lot of the teams did two laps, came into the pits and sat there. So if they stayed out for a few more laps, it would be dry. But from really, really going for it, that's clouding the uphill chicane, a dreadful section of the circuit, but it had to be inserted many moons ago because Alex Caffey, just the corner before this one, stuck his feet under the barrier in the footwork. Now this is the final corner, the Parabolica Ayrton Senna, made famous by named after Ayrton Senna, who scored his first Formula One here win here in 1985 famous for Jack Hilmer of overtaking Michael Schumacher around the outside it wasn't to move people pride but he mm. didn't know that so he pulled it off well, over back. the line goes Pereira and goes quickest the 152.723 so yes he was seesawing at the wheel looks to be really close to that steering wheel as well with chest almost pressing the buttons there again more corrective steering so he's on another quick one I would suggest 
and well, a really good sector three time from Mikkel Mack there, absolute best through sector three. Yeah, but what we're not seeing a great leap forward in performance. Uh, when they were all sitting in the pits, Marco Ciocci had the best time, one minute 52.9. We've just had that lowered by two tenths by Ferreira, Mikkel Mack just right in behind, but to any thoughts of going anywhere towards yesterday's times of one minute 40 point flat, clearly out of the window, but I thought we might get them down into the high 40s. But the track simply isn't drying fast enough. We've got three minutes precisely until the chequered flag comes out. And right now, looking at the person on the GT pole from GTC, Frank Pereira. It will change, but it's got to happen soon. 0.227 of a second back from Pereira's time, Marco Ciocci. So those cars have effectively changed positions. 59 leaping ahead of 63. The best of the GTE cars, as we mentioned, Michael Mack. And he's just done a personal best time through sector one as well. So starting to turn up the wick a little bit on board the number 60. Formula Racing Ferrari. James Collado is fourth fastest and second fastest of the GTE cars. Richie Stanaway now back out after a pit stop for the 77. TF Sport, Aston Martin. Richard Leitz in the 88 car is third in GTE. Well, fastest before we had the sort of hiatus with cars in the pits was the 63 Ferrari. It's down in second place, but Marco Ciocci clearly right on it. Very tidy line there. He's had the fastest first sector of all pretty acceptable second sector now will he go below the part of the provisional pole time set by front Pereira a bit of a twitch there coming out of turn eight and uh, having to run very wide as he backed off is that other car just yes it's letting him through that's the TDS racing entry of Pereira so Pereira's backed off but uh, Chiocci very much going for it but while he does so he's just been pushed back by a fraction by five one thousandths of a second back into third place as Richard Leitz goes second in GT but uh, sweeping towards the end of the lap looking like a very good lap indeed for Marco Ciocci for AF Corsa best time to be to the moment one minute 52.723 seconds will that go waiting for it waiting now one minute 53.027 so the end of the lap perhaps that confusion going around the outside of Pereira's car cost him but now he's got to get his head straight and do it again still, still got this lap to do it but he won't cross the start finish line he'll cross it but the checkered flag will be out there to greet him I think so front, front engine BMW quickest, uh, rear engine Porsche second fastest, and a mid-engine Ferrari, Marco Ciocci, number 63, third quickest, which is the best handling in the wet weather across the four hours. And I'll have to tune in a little bit later on to find out that answer, but uh, Castellacci on board the 62 Ferrari now started to throw down a decent marker through the middle sector on that last lap, just completed a 153.014, the, uh, the absolute best through sector two, and it's a good time through sector one as well. So Castellacci could be set to improve in the number 62 AF Corsa Ferrari, sharing that with Stuart Hall and Thomas Fleur. And don't forget that that's the only other car that can uh, take, take the title in GTC, the TDS racing BMW that's on pole position at the moment is the one in the bucket seat, but uh, Coming up tight is the silver and red Ferrari number 62 right now. As you can see, the clock is ticked down. 15 seconds remaining in the first of the qualifying. Well, the only qualifying session for the GT cars. We have a, a short break in between, then the prototypes go out to play the LMP2 and LMP3 runners. But as I said, this lap won't be completed before the chequered flag comes out. So this is the last shot for Marco Ciocci. And unfortunately for him, he has no blue sector times. So he's not heading for an improvement. So it looks though. He will end up third unless anybody else can topple him. There is the chequered flag out just as he sweeps onto the start-finish straight. So this is the last lap for Giocchi. He lost time in the final sector last time. It doesn't look as though he's going to gain any this time around and will stay third. No, he doesn't. 
again flinging the car through the final few corners and then just holding on for dear life through the parabolica but it wasn't good enough so third fastest at the very best can any of the other cars though slower than him you know, they're all looking like they'll be going slower tds racing over the line front Pereira doesn't improve it's a uh, time over the two minute mark there so the 152.723 remains his best 0.222 of a second slower than that richard beats but he looks like he's going to be on a lap that's uh, a little slower than his best two more sectors to go though so we'll keep our eye on the number 88 77 driven by richie stanaway maybe a disappointment there seventh position at the moment for the kiwi well, I'm just amazed at how, how the track has not come to the drivers. Maybe it's a combination of track marginally drier and the tyres starting to go. You just, just wonder. I don't think that is the case, but I really, really thought we'd start to see a dry line appearing. Clearly not looking at the 88 Porsche still puddling on the kerb, still puddling at various points on the circuit. You can see a little flash of, of Porsche there. It really hasn't lifted. It's going to be fun for the prototypes. Isn't it just, yes. And uh, through that uphill chicane, as they apply the power, so, it's so difficult to restrict the wheel spin as you motor out of there. And that's again going to wear the tyres during the race. So, best lap at 152.945. That's, in fact, Leitz's best time. The best time of the session within GTC was, at, was a 52.723. And Richard Leitz is a 155. So way off the GTE best way off front Pereira's time as well but uh, still that is still a GTE pole time but we will presumably see that GTE car start behind from Pereira you think so but yeah. one one thing that has surprised me is we look down at Andy the BMW from Mark VDS Andy Pereira did the driving in that is uh, we didn't see a single spinner I thought the potential was enormous in that session because certainly there's a lot of water lurking around the circuit but maybe maybe the fact that it, it it wasn't so much dry with wet patches, it was pretty uniformly wet. Yeah. It just meant you weren't surprised by suddenly hitting a damper patch. It was all very damp. I'm amazed how little the water came off the surface. I really thought it was going to lift. But now looking in the pit lane, if you just arrived, turn on your television, that looks like a dry track. Mm, we've, true. We've shot out the pit lane. TDS Racing, BMW, well, that with Franck Pereira on board, who's bringing it back. That is the car leading the GTC class, and in fact leading all the GT cars at the end of qualifying. For the final round of the European Le Mans series, this is the GT cars. They can now stick them in the garage and get their autograph arms ready uh, for a session later this morning. Of course, the race starting at one o'clock this afternoon. We have to pretty swiftly turn our attention to the prototypes. But that was a very interesting 20 minutes, Johnny. It was, and uh, yes, our suggestion that the times would tumble through the, the session proved not to be the case. I wonder if that's, again, due to the abrasive nature of this circuit. It doesn't drain terrifically well either. But you would have thought with how many cars did we have out in the end five plus nine was it six plus nine. six plus nine so uh, 15 cars yeah just 15 cars out there and uh, again treating it like a, a sort of double session if you like coming in at about half distance a lot of them just beyond half distance to change the tires over and go for a second run but i think a lot of the drivers mindful or that mistakes could happen in those slippery conditions mindful that we before our race today so any significant damage would not be be able to be repaired in time i just wonder whether most of them were hanging back that little bit yes qualifying is important for bragging rights but we have a four-hour race to come and 
the importance of that session will evaporate as we hit hours three and four. But there's confirmation of the times. TDS Racing quickest with a 152.723. It was Frank Pereira that did the time. Second in GTC, Marco Ciocci, a 152.950. So that's BMW from Ferrari. From Ferrari in third in GTC, Castellacci doing a 153.014 to put the 62 car third in the GTC standings. GTE pole taken by Richard Leitz in the number 88 Porsche, a 152.945, but crucially that time slower than Pereira's time. So Leitz will start either alongside or just behind Pereira's BMW. Second in GTE, Mikkel Mack, the number 60 Formula racing car. There it is on screen right now, sharing it with Johnny Lawson and Andrea Rizzoli. It's Mikkel Mack that did the time. Much congratulations down at the team after his 153.034. James Collado quickly uh, proving exactly why he's here this weekend. Straight from Fuji last weekend to here in Portugal. Car 66 will start third in GTE, a time of 153.106. So down to Charlie with a bit of reaction from the qualifying session. Yeah, I'm down here with Frank Pereira. Pole position for GTC. Of course, you come here as championship leaders. This is a great way to start the race, isn't it? Yeah, it was important, you know, to have a, a good qualify to, to try to have one more points. You know, for the championship, it's pretty close. And uh, the condition are really uh, complicated this weekend. And uh, the car is pretty good on the rain. I think we worked pretty well yesterday. Uh, it was not that easy because the ferry is also competitive. and. Uh, the target was to keep the, the pole uh, against the Castellacci, and uh, that's uh, that's great. So it's good for my teammate. You know, it's motivated everybody. So now I hope Nicola Lapierre will do the pole in the P2, and uh, that's good. Still long, still long. <laughs> Thank you. Charlie okay. George with us as always, looking after matters in the pit lane, and uh, I, I think I know where I prefer to be during the race with these changeable conditions. She's a brave old soul, though and has brought a brolly, so um, thinking ahead, and she'll keep us in tune with all the stories throughout the race. I hope she hasn't brought her brolly, because the winds yesterday gusting to 25 miles an hour, 40 odd K. Very good point. Would have been very, but you know, European Le Mans series, no time to blink. Let's have some prototype action. And you can see the prototypes we've just, uh, from Pereira, just mentioned the Tirier by TDS, of course, sister car, if you will, that's mm. the Orica 05. And, uh, this weekend, they have Nicolas Lapierre joining Pierre Thierrier and uh, Ludovic Bade. Tristan Gomendy has been dropped and Nicolas brought on board. Of course, Nicolas has experience in the Orica 05, has raced the KCMG version in the World Endurance Championship, I think on three or four occasions this year, and gone well. So a roll of the dice because Thierrier by TDS Racing very much want that uh, prototype title. And at the moment, uh, they are lying third of the three title challengers. Uh, behind Greaves Motorsport and Jota Motorsport. They've both, of course, got the Gibson uh, chassis, but uh, Orica 05 being used by Tillier, by TDS. We'll see how that goes, but uh, all the teams very much will have been watching that session, the GT session, all the prototype teams just trying to see where the water's lying. And the answer is everywhere. Yes, and true. I guess the fact the track is so abrasive, it just means it does hold a bit more water. Yeah. Take longer to, longer exactly. to suck it out. Yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be yeah, quicker to, to dry things up once the rain does stop, even though there are cars hammering around during the race, and we've got a whole load of them about to go out now as well, with as you can see, a sort of space-like, uh, spaceship-like uh, shape to the cars. If you've never seen prototype racing before, well, um, forget what you've seen in GTs. These are entirely different pieces of kit, massive aerodynamic downforce, and uh, so, so quick down the straights as well. 
but it's where the, it's in the corners, the twisty bits, and we've got plenty of those here at Estoril that the cars gain time on their GT counterparts. It looks like the Crone Racing Ligier will be the first out. It's with a Judd engine, unlike everybody else in the field. And Everyone I think we're we'll probably Nissan cars, ah, now Portuguese livery and helmet. That's Philippe Albuquerque, home circuit in the Jota. Jota Sport, Gibson going down. In fact, the Tiri and ITDS Orica has pulled into second in the queue. Bright sunshine, but as you can see, a lot of cloud, and you have to keep turning your head. And just behind their shoulders is a, is a tall hill behind the Estoril circuit, and that normally is the bellwether as to what weather's coming in. Yesterday, the rain was coming from a different direction, an unusual direction. It was coming off the bay, off the Atlantic, not going over the top of the hill and being caused to drop. The conditions, you can see the puddling in the pit lane. Now, who's, a, who's on board the... I would imagine it's John Lancaster. You'd think so. Or is it Bjorn Verheim? There's quite a lot of blue is and it yellow. Bjorn Verheim, yes. No, I think it's John Lancaster. I think it's John Lancaster. And I would, I would guess that Olivier Pla is the driver chosen to do the crone racing. Yes. Yeah, I'm down here with Richard Lee. First time on pole for the Porsche this year. The conditions do look tricky out there, though. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, completely wet and damp track, so perfect for us i mean we we really we really like these conditions uh, we just struggle if it's too much water from aqua planning uh, or if it's really dry uh, from tire degradation but now it was the perfect condition the team has done a fantastic job the car was easy to drive uh, i had one cool down lap and then i could push again and i did the lap time and uh, it's a very good start for the race today indeed thank you thank you so smiles all around there from richard leitz I expected him to be almost tinged with a bit of disappointment that he didn't get the be a better time to put him top of the pile as far as the GT cars are concerned, but happy with that. And actually unusual for Porsche to do a little better than the, the Ferraris and the Aston Martins in GT. Anyway, let's turn our attention to P P2 and P3 cars. Back to head out onto track. Still wet track is uh, referring to details at the bottom. So, Philippe Albuquerque heading out for Jota. 12 months ago, it was Harry Tinknell who took pole position, so he won't have a chance this year, but nevertheless, we could still have Jota on the front row because Albuquerque, being Portuguese, should know this place very well indeed. That said, Philippe has done most of his racing all around the world in the past handful of years, and like a lot of drivers, only did precious little on home ground. Bit of Formula Renault and uh, up he jumped. So Olivier Pla, the driver nominated, as we suggested, for the bright green and blue Ligier from Crone Racing. In the background is the Tirier by TDS entry, and on board that we have Nicolas Lapierre brought in for his expertise, and let's see how good it can be. Seems to be a lot less uh, spray coming out of the back of these prototypes, so maybe even those 10 minutes while, while the GT cars were, were coming back in, the track has dried a little bit. Still, still spray a plenty, but less, that's good. So, tear-off flapping in the breeze there. That's uh, not going to distract Philippe Albuquerque. Just trying to work out where the grip is on this uh, outlet. And then may go for a quick one the first time of asking. And may just wind it up gently. And again, we're looking for this sort of half-distance point where I expect a lot of these prototypes to pit. Do a little bit of work in the pits, maybe change tyres, and then head out again for a second dose of qualifying. It is John Lancaster, by the way, at the wheel of the 41 Greaves Motorsport Gibson. And this Gibson 015S with a number of wins this year, three out of the four races, it's really proven to be the car to have this year. Talking Gibson, talking Oracle Motorsport. 
uh, Orica 05s, we think that Greaves are going to step up to the World Endurance Championship as well as the European Le Mans Series next year. We understand that they'll want an Orica 05 for the WBC and they'll keep the Gibson for the LMS. That, that is the understanding. But it is great to see a couple of teams looking to double up their efforts mm. and uh, take some of their drivers on up and bring other younger ones or even older ones, who knows, in to compete in the ELMS. And certainly, having had at the last round at Paul Ricard many announcements about the future of the European Le Mans series, we're expanding from five races to six next year. We've got a support package of really good support races. It's, it's, it's definitely on the move, but on the move right now, of course, the drivers, they know there's only, well, 17 and a bit minutes remaining. They've got to get a sweet lap, and uh, I think they really are. The track is drying nicely. We're waiting for that first flying lap time to come through and the best set yesterday was by Greaves Motorsport 1 minute 32.346 we won't be seeing anything that quick but that's just a guide to those rare dry laps they got yesterday afternoon Leo Russell who really impressed during the, his stint at Paul Ricard from the start of the race is on board the number 29 Pegasus Racing Morgan with its Nissan engine sharing with David Cheng the Chinese and Johnny Johnson Coleman who is the bronze driver from the UK but Leo Russell currently piloting that car and uh, the Morgan looking eager to get by the couple of Gibsons actually don't think he had opportunity to do that on board is the number two Ginetta looks like it could either be Mike Simpson or possibly Charlie Robertson actually on board the number three car there's the 15 from SVK by Speed Factory and Constantin Calco is one of the drivers but it is in fact it is Calco at the wheel right now Worth pointing out, of course, we've been accustomed since the start of the season to the Genetis in LMP3. We've got the Ligier this weekend, mm. Graf Racing stepping up and joining the championship. A team that uh, set forth in racing to do Formula 4, then Formula 3 in the French championships, and recently has been doing their sort of speed series and uh, the races at Val de Vien, but uh, stepping up to join the show with the first Ligier to take part. There's the number 20 AF Racing BR01. That's going to do a round of the World Endurance Championship later this year. Uh, Nicola Minassi on board at the moment and he'll be one of the three drivers along with David Markusov and Mikel Alishin who normally drives the 21 entry, the sister car. They will go out to play at Bahrain. So, and also we just mentioned earlier the Pegasus racing crew that will compete in a round of the World Endurance Championship 2 that will race at Shanghai. So David Cheng spreading his wings but uh, right now still waiting for that first flying lap. Leah Rissell is someone at 41 minutes 46.6 seconds to go fast ahead of Olivier Pla in the crane racing. And Michael Simpson, yes. third fastest at the moment in the best of the LMP3s. Those times will change, but there's the benchmark. One minute, 46.6 seconds. A massive amount of understeer for Nick Manassian, I noticed a couple of moments ago, down at turn six. Tried to turn in, realised the car wasn't going to grip, and had to go as, have a second go at it. There's Mike Simpson, though, working his way out of turn five now and towards the kink. Well, that's turn five itself, and then down towards the left-hander, which is a kind of double apex, as uh, Bruce was saying. Mike Simpson focusing on the entry point there. As here is the Murphy Prototypes Orica, number 48. Huge shunt for Michael Lyons at Paul Ricard at the start of September. But he's absolutely fine, and the car needed quite a lot of work doing to it, but looks great today. Nat Berton sitting on board. He's the driver nominated from that trio to go out to do the qualifying, and that week, next weekend, we'll have a very different mount because he's going out to compete in the opening round of round two of Formula E series, going out to Beijing for that. So he'll have to put a very different head on board, but I know he's really looking forward to the challenge. And uh, with Formula E, of course, they, they go to street circuits and they'll put up around the world for them 
to compete on and I'm sure we'll see the performance level really go up. Great stock of drivers and the technology starting to come to it. But uh, right now we're looking at the, very much the car of the moment, the Orica 05. Tyrier by TDS Racing is a team that seems to endlessly do well but doesn't always come away with the results that really the early stages, perhaps the first three quarter of a race, suggest they should get. But uh, the Orica 05, given a nice clean run, who knows what they can do. But they're lying down in third place behind Jota and Greaves Motorsport. This is a hugely important weekend for them because I, I know the Tyrier family is very, very keen indeed to land a big one. Yeah, 66 points for Tyrier by TDS Racing. Greaves Motorsport 75, Jota Sport 76. It would have been oh so different had the uh, stewards that uh, Paul Ricard not intervened about a, well, it was a drive time issue, wasn't it? One of the drivers was in for too long at Jota Sport and the result was amended, so it poses it really nicely for us spectators and commentators alike, just a point between Jota and Greaves. I think that news broke when we were at the airport flying Indeed. out and Harry Tickle wasn't quite sure how to take it, was he? That's I think right. he then suggested they ought to head to the bar because what else can you do? Oh, a spin, well, we thought that was coming when the GT cars went out, but the number five, the Orba course entry, Roberto Lacotte has had a little rotation, that's affected the lap from that Berton, but that was his out lap, so that's yeah. probably not too bad. No, approached that pretty slowly. The um, BR01, though, I think, was going a little quicker. I'm not sure whether that was Alessian or Nick Manassion, but Manassion now third fastest, the 149.087. He's behind Oli Pla in the number 40 Crone Racing Ligier and Leo Roussel in the 29 Pegasus car, but the yellow flag is currently being displayed. Well, Roussel's backed off very well for the yellow flags because, unfortunately, that Ginetta, uh, number five from the Orba course, is stationary diagonally across the circuit just on the exit of turn two. So fairly blind when you come, there's a big bank on the inside of the circuit, but good flag flagging by the marshals, and well done for Leo Roussel. Driver who's going better and better for Pegasus racing through the year. Really strong performance down at uh, Paul Ricard. Now he's speeding up again, and he knows this lap is rooted, but he's just trying to work out where the quick lines are. You can experiment when you know your lap has been made duff by coming off the power, but 1 minute 45.329 seconds. He's 1.8 seconds clear of Mikel Alishin in the number 21 BR01. There's the Tyrier by TDS, Orica 05, coming in for a change of tyres and then Nicolo Lapierre will blast back out. But conditions are changing fast at the moment. Leo Roussel, top of the pile. John Lancaster sitting on board. You can see the St George's Cross on the side of the Auctionman's helmet, waiting to take the Greaves Motorsport Gibson back into battle. Coming here, of course, one point for pole position and Greaves Motorsport only one point behind Jota Sport. So it's really important point to be grabbed if you possibly can. And a suspension change, it looks like there. Just taking that little hatch off the top of the nose. And the car will be back out again. But these are the, uh, the little fine-tuning tune, uh, methods that you have during the qualifying session. Obviously, radio contact between driver and team. And constant conversation about how the car can be improved in this short, sharp burst of a qualifying session. Billy Pavakert thinking he might get some clean air heading back out onto the track but uh, that was the Pegasus car wasn't it? I believe so. Oh, actually, I'll tell you what, it might be the Algarve Pro Racing version. Which I Let's have a look. It could be, yeah, Rhoda on board that, on and out that. Yeah, it is, it is. Good spot. Indeed. So Leo quite, Rizal, lot, quite a lot of uh, pale blue on the back of both of the cars. Yes, uh, but uh, the 29 Pegasus car taking the sponsorship from Total. Is it halfway through this season or last season anyway? The uh, Dorsal fin now is red, which is, means that the 29 car is slightly more easy to spot. Exactly half distance through this qualifying session. 
and this is where the really important laps are going to start to come, I think. Well, this could be a an attempt, well, we won't take it to pole in second at the moment, Mikel Alishin, and he doesn't improve, in fact, he loses a whole second round towards the end of the lap. First part of the lap was his best, but unfortunately for the Russian driver, the, the second two sectors not so good you can still see if you just come in there is still spray being kicked up by these cars the track is drying but not as fast as they'd wish it's caught in that sort of middle ground you can see John Lancaster having the front suspension adapted to his taste he's desperate to get the front end grip right now because mm. all the cars are really struggling around some of the tighter corners like turn four the uphill hairpin just the front end washes away and Michael Allison just sweeping past the Viorba course Ginetta this is the one that had its rotation good to see it's got going again that also means, of course, the yellow flags are in, so we can start to go for really quick times again. And Mikel Alishin has just done that, his first sector of the lap. That's where the yellow flag had been before. The fastest of all, 22 seconds flat. So the 21 car really going well. It's lying in third place at the moment, but will be gaining ground. Manassiol going better than he's managed through sector one as well. It was all blue times, one, two and three on the Frenchman's previous lap. So that car continues to get quicker. And Alishin could be even better at 22 flat through sector one we're looking at Nico Peter de Bruyne the Dutch driver and he was flashing his lights he wants John Lancaster to get out of his way now John's not a driver who does that yes he's on his outlap in the Greaves motorsport car but for, for Nico Peter de Bruyne who's fifth fast at the moment set his fastest first sector time uh, he just wants clear track to go and unfortunately Lancaster sitting there Algarve Pro Racing we'll mention what's going to happen to them at the start of the race later on well I'll mention it right now cool. they've had to have an engine rebuild and that gives them a two-minute stop-go penalty that has to be inserted into their race home territory for this team Algarve there's a bit of a clue Michael Mooneman based in Portugal uh, you know, he's very much this is the team's base but they're flying off to compete in the next round of the Asian Le Mans series so a busy program for them through the winter as they find their feet right now that's Andrea Roda who is eighth fastest at the moment all the cars now starting to set brighter sector times on the screen so the target time 1 minute 45.329 seconds set by Leo Roussel Olivier Pla has now moved into second place 1 minute 40 very close indeed 45.440 so a tenth of a second down and the time the car that really needs to set a time is the 48 car and as I say that he's just moved up the time charts Nat Berton moves up into seventh place green and white Orica 03R very much sort of like the old girl of the championship the Orica 05 was introduced afterwards and uh, certainly a much more modern car. But right now, that Berton going increasingly well in the 48 car. How's the Jota Sport car going on home ground with Philippe Albuquerque? Well, he's bottom of all the prototypes. Don't worry, seven minutes, that's time of plenty to put in some quick times. He set his best first sector time, his best second sector time, coming round the final corner. Turn 13, or parabolic at Ayrton Senna, if you will. The time to go for, 1 minute 45.329. He won't achieve that this time around, but Albuquerque goes up to third place, 1 minute 46.244. So a good banker lap there from Philippe Albuquerque on home ground. The other thing we should remember is that there is tyre competition within this championship. Michelin versus Dunlop, and fastest car so far, number 29, Leo Rissell, on Michelin's. Second fastest car, number 40, Olivier Pla, on Michelin's. So everyone else on Dunlop cannot get into the top two right now. Philippe Albuquerque trying his best, a 146.244. And Nicolas Lapierre, in fact, as I say that, drops to, I was about to say fourth, and drops to fifth because Michaela Lation goes third fastest in the number 21 BR01. Okay, well that's a really good lap for, for oh, it's just changed, Plyer's gone top, I was about to say the top three covered by less than a fifth of a second, but uh, that's been stretched because almost an 
exactly entire second clear of the top is Olivier Pla, 1 minute 44.319, second John Lancaster, the times are changing very quickly, 145.317, 145.329, Leo Roussel's flick of an eye, Mikel Alishin, very close to those indeed, but Olivier Pla in the Crone Racing, Ligier, top of the pile on those Michelins. Apart from Lancaster, from Roussel, from Alishin, Nicolas Lapierre dropping to fifth, Albuquerque to sixth, so needs to uh, improve does Philippe in the remaining five and a half minutes because that would be a very unusual starting position for Joe to sport by their own reputation Nicola Manassian back into the session after a quick pit stop for the number 20 BRO1 from AF Racing 29 just mentioning that Leah Roussel third fast at the moment just having a bit of an LMP3 moment so just to let you know that uh, Mike Simpson and Charlie Robertson one and two in that but uh, Gary Findlay in the Ligier, the Graf Racing Ligier, way down in, way down the order behind all but a hand, all but two of the GT cars. He's third in class. Constantin Kalko is fourth, and the spinner, uh, I blamed unfortunately Roberto Lacour, but it was uh, Giorgio Sonayotto who spun the 15. He is, is slowest of all. He's down to the tail. Sorry, the five car he spun. Sonayotto doing a 201.065, penultimate, just ahead of Andy Prio's time, which was. Uh, Zupri had some times taken away from him, did he, in GTE, or was the 2.06 the time we saw in the earlier session? Anyway. I think he must have had some times taken. We'll yeah, come to that, come to that later. Slow. I don't remember him being bottom, but right now the times are changing at the top. John Lancaster goes to the top. 1 minute 44.318 by one thousandths of a second from Olivier Pla. We've got four minutes remaining. Philippe Albuquerque Kirk is in for Mikel Alishin in four. So we're riding on board with Lancaster on the Greaves Motorsport Gibson down to turn three and yes there is a bit more oh no, sorry turn two now this is down to turn three and slight slight dry line is approaching but clearly those suspension changes gave John Lancaster the handling that he wanted the bite that he wanted to get the car turned into corners and uh, top <laughs> how long will he last on top he's clear by one thousandth of a second but John, uh, Olivier Pla who's second has set the fastest first sector of all by a blink of an eye from John Lancaster but he's giving chase Philippe Albuquerque a slightly better 144.3.9 last last time round. So we've got the top three covered by 0.031 of a second. Whoa. Wide, wide, wide at turn six for John Lancaster, though. He was pushing the envelope, to be honest, at the previous uh, left-hander and uh, was well up on the lip of the outside kerb for the previous corner. Well, pushed it a bit too hard. Again, going high and wide there, though. That's where all the dry track is, as Bruce was saying. have got a an on-camber corner in more traditional sense and it uh, slopes inward and obviously all the dry stuff's going to be on the outside of the bend very very slow frustratingly slow through that uphill chicane then apply the power as much as you can without the wheel spin two bites of the cherry there three bites of the cherry trying to get the car turned in thinking that the grips there as you turn in but understeer understeer and then it finally does grip there's a slower car up ahead with the rain lights flashing i don't think john will get to that though as they head over the line this time. OK, well, here's, here's Olivier Pla flashing around the Parabolica Air Centre. He's second, one thousandth of a second down. They set a very good opening sector of the lap, but no improvement towards the end. He loses about a couple of tenths in the final sector, as did John Lancaster. But uh, going fastest sector, first sector of all now, Philippe Albuquerque, the wonderful switch over to the Jota Sports. Entry with Philippe, the Portuguese driver, desperate to do well at home. Going through the kink on the back straight, that's turn five, effectively. Then you go down, oh, no, he's not, he's further down the corner, I beg your pardon. He's further around the lap. Now he's, he's coming towards this is turn eight, going into turn nine, ten, the very, very tight uphill hairpin. As you can see, you have to wait for your turn in. 
the first part and then clout the curve. Oh, he's taken a different line. Lancaster was clouting the curve on the inside. So again, experimentation. They know there's time to go, but uh, less than two minutes till the chequered flag comes out. Philippe Albuquerque is working though. Fastest first sector of all, fastest second sector of all. So is this the lap? Was that a wise line through the uphill chicane for turns 9 and 10? 11 has been taken, 12 has been taken through the final corner, turn 13. So this is the moment. Will the Portuguese driver take pole position on home ground at Estoril? Well, he's yes. top for the moment, 42, 43.510, so eight tenths of a second clear. Very good lap and interesting lines around the end of it. So using maybe that little bit of local knowledge. Well, that's the more traditional route, I think, through the chicane, particularly on the exit. I'm used to cars running way out wide and carrying the speed through rather than the tighter exit, which then prevents you from getting the hammer down quite as early as Philip managed on that lap. An illustration before we uh, caught sight of Philippe Albuquerque of Olivier Plado hammering down the straight and it was like a bucking bronco that Ligier to the inside of the track as you go by the, the pit wall very closely indeed the car rocking up and down and the representation of just how bumpy this circuit is in an Estoril as well big moment here for the number 15 car is it still Constantin Calco at the wheel yes and into the gravel the gravel just not doing its job at all because it's so wet the car's skating over the top of the stones there but I reckon the 15 stopped well short of the barrier. Well, it's the exit of the final corner. That could certainly compromise others. So that's very good news indeed for Philippe Albuquerque. The yellow flags are out at the final corner for, for Constantin Kalka, who's sitting down in 28th out of the 30th runners, bottom of the LMP3 class. Very close in time to Roberto Seliotto, who, uh, who took over the five. The other car that went for a spin, but no such problems. 15 seconds till the chequered flag and falling. And Philippe Albuquerque sitting on that advantage of eight tenths per second but John Lancaster's fighting back he set the fastest first sector of all the target time one minute 53.510 seconds the checkered flag is out Lancaster's on a charge can he go top for Greaves Motorsport it's Jota Sport top of the points chart at the moment by one point but it's one point for pole it could be topped by two Albuquerque into the pits very much dependent on how quickly that snatch vehicle though can get the 15 car recovered John Lancaster not quite through sector two yet but it's sector three that will be concerning him he goes quicker than Albuquerque through sector two a 49.7 John Great. Lancaster in the 41 car very slip slidy on the exit of the chicane though Bruce and here he is yeah, he had to commit, but again, I think that is such a key corner. It's how much grip you can get through turn 12. Now into 13. Is it yellow flag still at 13? Yes. Can't quite see from there. Yes, it is. Yellow flag still at turn 13, but you can see off to the left of the circuit is the removed car, but coming into the pits is Lancaster. So the one point, they sit on a one-point advantage. It's double to two. Philippe Albuquerque <laughs> delighted with that. I'm sure we'll see Simon Dolan jumping up at Dolan at uh, Jota Sport, but uh, that was a tricky session, Johnny. Oh, the pressure's off now for Jota, isn't it? Uh, now that they've got a, another point to their campaign. Just got to do the same in the race, but a little bit of luck going the way of Jota because Philippe Albuquerque, yes, putting in an awesome time, but that was about timing as well. Sam Hignett, the boss of the team there, quickly congratulating Philippe Albuquerque. Harry Tinknell is there along with Simon Dolan as well. And high fives all round with the mechanics. So Philippe Albuquerque played it cannily and just worked his way up to a, a really quick position there but he was in sixth place for a lot of that session probably the first two-thirds of it and I was bothered that possibly the Dunlop tyre wasn't going to do its job but it came uh, really good towards the end of the session and well question is what could John Lancaster have done I think he would have taken pole he did an absolute best through sector one and two but deciding to back well and truly off and pit because of those yellow flags in sector three it's interesting 
Phillips smiling now, but you could still see the tension that was on his face as Charlie George leapt in to try and grab. But there we are on pole by 0.8 of a second, a very, very close to 0.809, just a, a thousandth down with Crone Racing. Great performance, Oliver Pla Olivier Pla in the green Ligier. Thierry Abid by TDS, they'll be disappointed down in fourth place. Yeah, Nicolas Lapierre setting that time, but it's uh, 1.5 seconds off Albuquerque's effort. Mike Simpson, the best of the LMP3 cars, number two ahead of the sister car number three mike's time a 150.395 robertson a 150.469 let's head down to charlie who's with philippe albuquerque yeah i am down here with philippe of course this is your home circuit so this was an important pole position for you guys not only for the championship yeah it's always great to qualify on a pole in my home race and uh, was well, not easy conditions uh because the track was getting drier and you get more grip but then in the end when you put the power down, you just massive oversteer. Uh, I had my moments there. I had to take the risks, but I can see that the fight for the championship is quite tight with uh, with grip, especially. We'll see. You promised us if we came to Portugal, we'd have sunshine. What happened? <laughs> I think it's so many British around here. I think they brought it from England. I really don't know what happened here. And um, yeah, just all the week was fine. Actually, I took Harry and Simon to the beach. Can you believe that? <laughs> Not today. Well, the forecast later looks bad. Will there be any changes to the car if the rain does come? That's, that's the, the key point. So either we commit to a wet setup or a dry setup. Um, yeah, uh, we really don't know what to do. And uh, of course, we'll have a big influence on the race. Um, just all about if it's going to be more than 50% on the rain, definitely it's worth it. But I think everyone is in the dark and uh, you just have a little bit of hope and a little bit of luck on your side and we'll see. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's the thing, isn't it? It's just a whole big question mark hanging over the race and what, what the gods will throw at us, I suppose. Not what you expect with the season end at Estoril in Portugal, but extreme conditions, storm like yesterday, and some thunder expected today as well. Certainly a lot more precipitation, but certainly not for the whole of the race. And that's the beauty of having a four-hour race is that you do stretch sometimes through several weather conditions. I think we're going to have several conditions uh, several times over, in fact, Johnny. Yeah, but yeah. We, we've talked about this before. Five race, five round championship in 2015. One slip up, and it has huge ramifications on your championship challenge. Next year, we're going to have six, which will even it out. But mm. uh, we've become accustomed to five rounds and five different winners in the European Le Mans series. But it, it, it must be said that Jota Sport, Greaves Motorsport and Thierry by TDS Racing have really raised themselves above the parapet. And... Um, uh, they are the class teams in the LMS at the top level at the moment. But as you can see on the grids, we have Olivier Pla, third on the grid for Crone Racing. And he, of course, is on the, the Michelin tyres. So we will see what happens with them in the course of the race. This could be a race that comes to them. And, of course, for Tracy Crone, uh, long-time co-driver Nicholas Johnson, they, they would love to take a win in Europe. Good news for SVK by Speed Factory, by the way. That's the 15 car being wheeled back from the final corner and the gravel track you see how much gravel has been brought back onto the track by the black number 15 car but there didn't seem to be too much damage on that machine it will have to be cleaned out to get rid of all those stones might be uh, wise as well to uh, check all those tires to make sure none of them have been punctured but the fact that it skated over the top of the stones means that it didn't really dig in and hopefully hasn't done too much damage to the under tray so and of course there's a fair bit of uh, time now what are we coming through to 10 o'clock local time the race due to start at one o'clock 
Well, Three-hour turnaround in order to address any damage. But again, we didn't have too many spinners. Certainly, as Yotta, yes, causing a bit of havoc about a third of the way around the lap. But otherwise, and spin obviously for the 15 car, just about being it. Plenty of cars going deep into corners, and you could say not respecting the track limits. But uh, weather conditions make that pretty tricky, to be honest, to keep within those white lines. And many of the quick drivers exploring every inch of the circuit to try and find those dry areas. Very tight in LMP3 when we looked at those times. Mike Simpson yes. just beating Charlie Robertson by less than a tenth of a second. So yes. They should have a good old battle. The, the cars entered by Team LNT. Luckily, they're in different liveries, so we can identify them now. The black and orange one of Mike Simpson. And I believe we're about to have interview down with the very man. Charlie's with Mike Simpson. Indeed, I've just run up and down the pit lane, so I'm a bit out of breath. Mike, your first pole position in, of course, not the first pole position for the Ginetta, but the first for you. And of course, this is an important weekend for Ginetta because it's the first time you're pitched against opposition in the Ligier. Yeah, it's massive for us. Um, you know, we, we made LMP3 happen with the ACO and, uh, and it's been a great year, but everybody's question is the Ginetta, the pace of the LMP3. So I believed in the product, myself and Lawrence Tomlinson, the owner of Ginetta. We've done endless test days working on it. And uh, today we've proved that the Ginetta is the car to have, so I'm very, very happy. Personally, I'm over the moon. Uh, I've had a terrible year, actually, in the LMS. Um, I've not been in a car in a racing lapse in Silverstone due to various things um, and clashes with GT commitments. So, yeah, just a sneak pole from young Charlie, who's an absolute superstar, is, uh, is great for me. And um, no, I'm looking forward to the race. Hopefully we have a good, safe, uh, reliable race and uh, we've got on that podium. Thank you very much. Cheers, thanks. Yeah, retirement last time out at Paul Ricard when they were in a good position and that pretty much handed the championship to the number three squad. Mike Simpson wouldn't have been too disappointed about that because it's the sister car, but you want to get to the end of your races. And there were times, of course, he couldn't get, even get into the car and times, as he says, due to other commitments, he was elsewhere. So that draws to a close uh, the double qualifying session for GT and prototype cars. Sets things up very nicely indeed for the final round of the season which begins, as I say, local time at 1 o'clock. That's 2 o'clock in the rest of Europe, and we look forward to your company for the four hours of Estoril in a few hours' time. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.